I'm Eva Andrade. I'm the executive director of the Hawaii Family Forum, and this is our Triple F podcast, Faith, Family, and Freedom. And I'm here today with my co-host, Jim Hochberg. Welcome to the show, Jim. Good morning. We're going to be talking once again about parents, the FBI, who's doing what to make everybody mad, and why is the FBI going to be coming down on parents in a hard way? So let's chat about that. Jim. You and I were almost prophetic in a couple of shows ago when we were talking about parents and terroristic threatening and what constitutes terroristic threatening and all this good stuff. And here we're back today with a lot of information. Well, that's because of what happened in the meantime. All we knew was that there was a memo from the Attorney General of the United States that was in response to a letter from the National School Board Association claiming They were scared to death of parents at school board meetings and they needed federal prosecution. And we talked about how the Constitution doesn't give the federal law enforcement agencies jurisdiction over that. That was it. That's really all there was. But since then, there's been a lot of stuff all over the place. Yeah. So what we're going to do for you today is we're going to break it down. And if I was good at beatboxing, I would do a break it down, but I can't do that. So, but we will break it down for you because we want you to understand the situation so that you as a parent or as a grandparent or even just as a community member, if you're concerned, how you can plug in and make sense of all of this. And keep your eye on the ball, which is voting. This issue allowed a Republican to be elected governor in the state of Virginia because this issue was huge in the last week of that election. And I'm always telling you, you've got to vote your values. If we want to have a different kind of state government, we have to vote our values. So we're going to end on that after we go through all the other shenanigans that were going on in the meantime to make that such a big deal. Right. So what we're going to do is we're kind of going to try to do this chronologically so that it makes a little bit of sense. But in order for us to do things chronologically, what I want to do is start with the October 27th hearing that happened with... um, That was the U.S. Senate The U.S. Senate hearing with the Justice Department Oversight Committee. And they were interviewing Merrick Garland on the situation. And why I want to start with that is because there were several senators in this hearing that talked about what was happening in their states that prove that there is terroristic threatening going on in some of these school boards. And the reason I want to start with that is because Jim and I were on the show the last time we were talking about how we'd seen all of these videos of these different school board meetings, and we didn't see any terroristic threatening. Correct, because we defined it from the statute. We defined it from the statute. And the interesting thing, too, is Eva knows what was said, and you can know what was said because the transcript of the hearing is available online. So you can actually, it's like 300 pages, but it's all there. Yeah, and what we're going to do is um, all of the the documents we're going to be talking about today, you can find them in the description in the link. So make sure you go there and check it out because as Jim and I always say, we want you to double check your sources. We want you to have the original source, not some news report take on what's in the actual 
letter or memo that was the basis of whatever the news story was. The memo that was heard around the world. Yep. Okay, so what we're going to do right now is I want to I want to quote Senator Dick Durbin because he brought up a lot of cases that were happening across the nation in some of these states where terroristic threatening, and I use air quotes for that, was happening. And that was the impetus for the, 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 the said memo. But this was after the memo, and it, this was him so, supporting the attorney general right, in the right. inquisition after he sent his memo out. Right, but, so this is kind of like making up the backfill. Well, they're, they're claiming they have. I cannot speak for it these senators. It wasn't in the letter that It wasn't in on. the letter, but these senators say that they have documentation in their offices that prove that this stuff happened. So you'll have to follow up directly with Senator Dick Durbin if you want to find out exactly where he's getting this information. But this is what he said, and I'd like to start with that. So, And this was at about the 33.55-minute um, mark in the interview. So for those of you that want to watch the three-hour interview, you can kind of look at it that way. So um, Senator Sir Durbin says this, and I quote, in my state, as I mentioned, a 30-year-old man arrested and charged with battery, battery disorderly conduct after striking a school board member at a meeting. Then he brings up a California well, father. Before you move from that, we talked last time about the fact that that's a state law violation, not a federal law violation. Right. So you need to go back so and watch So the FBI that. doesn't need to be involved in that. So you need to watch that video to understand this. <clears throat> then he says he talks about a, a California father who, after striking a school board member at a meeting, he yelled profanities at an elementary school principal and his daughter calmed him down. He later returned to confront the principal and struck a teacher in the face who attempted to intervene. Ohio school board members sent a threatening letter saying, quote, we're coming after you. And after the board member posted this letter on Facebook, the president of the Board of Education for a nearby district reported his board had received similar threats. In Pennsylvania, a person posted threats on social media, which required the police to station outside each of the district school's local law enforcement who's investigating the person who made the threats. And that's appropriate. It's a local law thing. Correct. It's not an FBI thing. And then, um, then he goes on to say that in Texas, a parent physically assaulted a teacher ripping off her mask. And then he says, and I quote, it goes on and on. These are not routine people incensed or angry. These are people who are acting out their feelings in a violent manner over and over again. The same people we see on airplanes and other places. Same people, some of whom we saw on January 6th. So when you responded as quickly as you did, and he's talking to Merrick Garland, um, when you responded as quickly as you did to the school board request, did you have second thoughts after they sent a follow-up letter saying they didn't agree with their original premise in their first letter? And um, the attorney general replied, Senator, I think all of us have seen these reports of violence and threats of violence. That is what the Justice Department is concerned about. It's not only in the context of violence and threats of violence against school board members, school personnel, teachers, staff. It is an arising tide of threats of violence against judges, against prosecutors, against secretaries of state, against election administrators, against doctors, against protesters, 
against news reporters. That's the reason that we responded as quickly as we did when we got a letter indicating that there were threats of violence and violence with respect to the school officers and school staff. And so the, the next senator should have gone through that list of stuff and ask Merrick Garland where in the federal authority for the FBI and the Department of Justice those issues give the Department of Justice jurisdiction. They didn't, but they should have. Well, it's other, not, sen it's not other senators did, it's right? Because not. the way, and you all know this, the way hearings work, right? Um, each senator is given Five a minutes. very short amount of time. And so what annoys me about watching these, and I do try to watch them, is that this is what it looks like, right? You've got the senator going, Attorney General, answer the question, yes or no? And then the Attorney General will say, well, in my opinion, is wait, stop. What I want you to do is answer the question. So what happens is they waste their whole five minutes just arguing over this thing. And it, it, it's very hard to watch. And so I don't know how many of you watched. If, if anybody's watching this right now and they've watched it, I want you to put in the comments what you think about the way that people are treated um, at these, these type of hearings, because I think that that goes to the core of what we're talking about today. It does. And, and we need to review all this information. In fact, we really need to use critical thinking for any time we're trying to figure out life. Critical thinking is uh, critical. Uh, anyway, so how did all of this happen? Well, it's very interesting. Um, the emails from the National School Board Association were produced, and I have a whole, I don't know, 50 pages or 30 pages worth of emails with a lot of redactions, but it's very clear from these emails that two members, two staff members of the National School Board Association in September of 2021 met with staff at the White House and the Department of Justice to craft the language in the letter that went to the president dated September 29th, which was what we talked about last time. Mm -hmm. And they put very interesting legal phrasing in there to make it look like federal jurisdiction applied. That's where that domestic terrorism phrase came from. They put it in there because terrorism is something the federal government has jurisdiction over, mm -hmm. but not school board meeting fights not bar fights. People get terrorized in both situations. It's not terrorism. So what happened? So we talked about the 29th of uh, September letter. Interestingly enough, before the Attorney General put out his memo October 4th, there was a flurry of email between the board members of the National School Board Association because on the 29th, they got an email from the author of the 29th letter saying, I sent this out. They were freaking. They were, it was, it's fun to read because it's, it's, I'm sure they didn't think people were going to be seeing it. But the October 1st email tells the board members, one another board member says that that September 29th letter fanned flames of hostility and division. The board should have been consulted before the letter was sent, which is interesting because that means these two staff members sent that to the president from the board. The board hadn't seen it. This letter, uh, email, October 1st, went on to say it is not reasonable, that September 29th letter. It used extreme terms and it requested federal government action many of us would not request which is very interesting. So then on October 4th, 
Attorney General Merrick Garland puts out his memo telling the U.S. attorneys and the FBI they need to get involved in these school board across the country, these school board issues. And we got to remember, Merrick Garland is a person whose name we all heard when President Obama was trying to nominate that Supreme Court justice in the last several months of his term. That's the guy. And the media and the White House told us Merrick Garland was a quote-unquote moderate back then. He has shown in this scenario he's not. So then what's next? On October 14th... Wait, before you do that, yes. because there was something that happened on the 13th Okay. that is very interesting. So on the 13th, Viola Garcia was um, appointed... She's the president. She was up, she was named by Education Secretary Miguel Cardona to sit on the National Assessment Governing Board. So that overlooks what? that overlooks their job is to um, decide which um, there's a whole. Um, I don't want to have to get into the details, okay. but basically, they, yeah, they, they they basically oversee. It says the um, determines assessment context, setting achievement level. Levels that describe student performance, uh, pursuing new ways to make the education system um, more useful. So it sounds like they are the ones that would approve critical race theory in the school. Yes. Now, what's interesting is she is one Signed of the, the signers. Yeah, she on was the president 20. of yes. the yes. National School Board Association, one of the signatures to that September 20th. So she gets appointed to oversee this mistake. Yeah, yeah. so she's removed from the position she was in, but then the, she got a as, new job. As, as, as we normally see what happens in politics, and we see this in Hawaii a lot, right? These same politicians, they go from thing to thing to thing to thing to thing. They're, they're a member of the House, then they're a Senate member, then they're a City Council member, they're Board of Education, right? These guys, that's what they do. They just kind of jump from place to place, which is why we keep having the same craziness over and over again, because why? It's the same people. So on the 14th of October this year, in response 10 days later than the Merrick Garland AG's memo to him, the Montana U.S. attorney, every state has a U.S. attorney which oversees mostly prosecution of criminal laws, federal criminal laws. So he sends a letter to the Montana State Attorney General, all the county attorneys, all the sheriffs, the Montana Office of Public Instruction, and the Montana School Board Association, and he attaches a spreadsheet with a whole bunch of federal crimes involving harassment, intimidation, and threats of violence that he tells the addressees of his letter he's willing to prosecute in these school board scenarios. So it went from Attorney General Garland telling uh, U.S. attorneys to work with the local law enforcement to this guy in Montana actually sending a letter with a spreadsheet of a whole bunch of crimes that really don't apply to school board stuff. And you really want to look at that. So then on the 21st, which is seven days later, in testimony before the House Judiciary Committee, the AG, Merrick Garland, um, says he relied on the September 29th school board letter asking for domestic terrorism help from the federal government when he wrote his October 4th memo. And a Washington Post article about that says, parents claim, this is this, the headline, same day, parents claim they have the right to shape their kids' school curriculum. They don't. Okay, Washington Post, big story. It's read across the country. 
All this happened after our little video last time. Mm -hmm. So what they say is the interests of parents and children diverge when a parent's desire to inculcate a particular worldview, maybe like Christianity, a particular worldview denies the child exposure to other ideas and values that an independent young person might wish to embrace or at least entertain. Washington Post says this. When we get to the end and we talk about that Virginia governor's race, the guy that lost, Terry McAuliffe, was echoing this. He agreed this. with this. He echoed this mm -hmm. and they pounced on him. So all these and, and, things are happening. Let's, let's be clear that the parents that are opposing this represent every racial background there is all out there. All you have there. to do is look at the this videos is, of the meetings. This is, this is not a white person's issue. It's not a black person's issue. This is a human issue. This is a parent issue. So then on October 22nd, the National School Board Association, the board that sent the letter out under the president's signature in a month earlier, sends a letter to their board members and the members of their association, all the school boards that they represent. They say, we regret and apologize for the September 29th letter. They say there's no justification for the language in the letter. So they've pulled way back from the total thing that the attorney general was relying on before later the senators share information that wasn't part of the letter, wasn't known by the AG and all that stuff. That's why I said it was back. Then. And in that hearing, Senator Chuck Grassley asked him this question. This was the House. Yeah, this, this is yeah, I'm so talking this about is, the House. We haven't gotten to right. the Senate yet. Well, but he, talking about this memo, Senator Grassley asks, apparently that letter wasn't supported by an organization but was sent by two unauthorized staff. So last week the organization disavowed it sent you on the White House, based your memo on this delegitimized letter. I assume you're going to revoke your extremely div divisive memo that you said was instigated because of that letter? That's a question. And his response was, Senator, the memo you, which you referred to is one page. The response concerns violence. And he goes on and on. Because he, he has his talking point, right? That he mm -hmm. gets back there. So continue. So on October 25th, the House Judiciary Committee Republican members send a letter to the Attorney General demanding that he fully and unequivocally withdraw his October 4th memo because the NSBA board retracted their letter. And it has not been done to this And date. then two days later, those same 19 congressmen start an investigation into the DOJ and the White House use of federal law enforcement to target concerned parents at local school board meetings and scare the parents out of exercising their First Amendment rights. Remember, that's what we talked about mm -hmm. in the first show. When the DOJ has access to intelligence and secret info and tax returns, they will find one parent and publicly humiliate them to get all the other parents to go, whoa, I, I don't want to, I'm, I'm not going to fight. And that, what we said was that may have been the plan to begin and with because they don't have jurisdiction over local school boards. No, and this is all, like you mentioned, this is all connected. It's interweaved just like a spider web, right? You've got the IRS, right, coming Correct. down now on bank accounts and whatnot. So on October 27th, they also sent a letter, these uh, Republican members of the uh, House Judiciary Committee, sent a letter to the National School Board Association demanding as part of this investigation that by November 10th, which is next week Wednesday, 
all documents in nine categories be turned over dating from January 20th, 2021. What happened on January 20th, 2021? Mm -hmm. The inauguration of President Biden. So these congressmen want to know if this thing started right away, if this has been a planned Alinsky thing. Mm. And uh, it goes all the way up to the uh, October 22nd retraction by the school board. So they're telling, they're, they're kind of not subpoenaing because they're not the majority, but right. they're, they're demanding fa- they're these fact documents. Finding. They're fact-finding. <clears throat> and so then uh, on October 27th, there's this Senate meeting that you were talking about that we want to share a clip with. It's Senator Cornyn asking Garland about the chilling effect that this whole memo and this whole process is going to have on the parents. So we're going to watch that and then we'll come back and chat about it. Did you consider the chilling impact your memorandum would have on parents exercising their constitutional rights? The only thing this memorandum is about is violence and threats of violence. And it opens with a statement. But my question is, did you consider the chilling effect this would have on parents' constitutional rights? To say that the Justice Department is against violence and threats of violence. Did you consider the chilling effect your memorandum might have on parents exercising their constitutional rights? I think you can answer that yes or no. What I considered, what I wanted the memorandum to assure people that we uh, uh, recognize the rights of spirited debate. and. So Mr. That- Attorney General, you're a very intelligent and accomplished lawyer mm. and judge. You can answer the question. Did, did you not- consider... I do not. The chilling effect that this sort of threat of federal prosecution would have on parents' exercise of their constitutional rights to be involved in their children's education. I don't believe it's reasonable to read this memorandum as chilling anyone's rights. It's about threats of violence, and it expressly recognizes the constitutional right to, to make arguments about your children's education. As senators are going back and forth for votes during this time, we have to try to keep to let the, the record reflect the attorney general refused to answer the question and let the let the uh, record reflect that the senator from Texas was allowed to go over his allotted time senator Klobuchar thank you very much now, very interesting how they never answer the question like you said no they just don't answer they don't want to answer and then they get a friendly senator to jump in and save them at the end what we we need to we need to come up with a clip because you know we talked on um, one of our past shows too about this anonymous sources right correct so this this is what that we've got anonymous sources we've got people okay well, go ahead sorry i di- i digress okay so then the next day october 28th the republican members of the house judiciary committee in congress write to chairman nadler who's the chairman of the judiciary committee in the house he's the uh, Democrat guy in charge, requesting that he convene a hearing promptly with the deputy AG and the acting assistant AG in charge of a division called National Security Division to get answers to questions that Garland was unable or unwilling to answer concerning why he assigned the request by the school board association to the National Security Division. Very interesting. The Patriot Act created the National Security Division of the Department of Justice. The Patriot Act, Mm 9-11, airplanes into buildings, the need to have better intelligence, right? That's the organization that Garland assigned to this domestic terrorism by parents at school board meetings. This thing's incredible 
that we had no idea the last time we talked about this. So we'll see. So far, nothing's happened. Gerald Nadler has not convened an immediate meeting. So on the 1st of November, just last week, this week, the GOP members of the House Judiciary Committee, as part of their investigation, um, voiced concerns that they wrote a letter to all the U.S. attorneys in all the states requesting that the U.S. attorneys provide all documents by November 15th in six different categories relating to uh, the responses to the AG's memo. So they're gathering what the Montana guy did and all that stuff. Now, interesting. We actually uh, have a copy of that letter to the um, Hawaii yeah. deputy uh, U.S. attorney. Again, that link will be in the description below. And what's very cool about it is it's basically the same as the letter to everybody. Mm -hmm. And our acting U.S. attorney is Miss Judith A. Phillips. Mm -hmm. And this is a November 1st letter. And it's got footnotes. And this is a legal memo. That's absolutely what this is. Signed by 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 Republican members of the committee. And they go through the whole history of how there was meetings, and then the September 29th, and then the withdrawal, and the mm -hmm. attorney general, and all the fallout, and all these hearings, and all this stuff. And so it'll be very interesting to see what the U.S. attorneys turn over. The point about this is we're supposed to own our government. The government is not your neighbor's pickup truck in the carport. It's your car. You're supposed to be driving it. You're supposed to be gassing it. The government's very happy to take your tax money to gas the government, but they don't want you driving it. This is going to get us to what happened in Virginia, where Glenn um, Youngkin beat Terry McAuliffe by a substantial 3% to be a Republican governor. And we need to do this, Hawaii. Let's vote our conscience and our values and get new people. Well, we're going to continue the conversation, so don't worry. Even though this seems like we're ending on a good point, we will we will follow up. But I want to end on a quote by uh, Tulsi Gabbard, and she said and posted this on her social media account, Twitter, McAuliffe's loss is a victory for all Americans. Why? Because it was a resounding rejection of efforts to divide us by race, the stripping of parental rights, and arrogant, deaf leaders. This benefits us all. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. We'll see you next time. Mahalo, everybody. Aloha.